The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. Johnny Sestina and Company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. I need help getting out of my student loan I'm debt. so worried. How am I going to afford taking care of my When's parents? When's a good time to get into the market? I'm really not sure when I should start taking my Social Security. I wonder if I have enough insurance. I wonder when I can retire. It's time to talk about your money. Managing to be wealthy. Our team of fee-only financial planners is ready to help you to create better financial habits. Envision your long-term goals and understand money management better than ever. Our resident hosts of Johnny, Sestina, and Company are on deck to show you the way. Greetings. Hello and welcome to Managing to be Wealthy. You're listening to Tony Payne in studio tonight. With me, John Sestina and Craig Konstantinovich, all of us certified financial planners. Great to be here with you tonight, guys. Good to be with you, Tony. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Except remember, I'm a retired CFP, so I'm not technically a CFP anymore. Okay, I'll have to note that for the future, John. Well, you know how it goes. They throw out the old guys. Well, (laughs) at least you're not on an ice block somewhere. I was going to say, we're we're keeping you involved here with the radio show, John. Uh, We're still incorporating you and bringing you in. Yep, yep. Keep trying to keep me under control, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of keeping under control, tonight's theme is inflation, housing, talking about that and some of the price changes we've seen. Craig, have you looked at your house price lately? I mean, I get offers all the time. People have driven by, said, oh, we'll pay this, this, or that. And I've taken a look on Zillow here just out of uh, curiosity here every once in a while. And it's wild to think we've been there two, two plus years now. Uh, and our house price has gone up almost 25% from where really? we bought it. Yeah. I've been there 30 years. I can't imagine. <laughs> wonder if mine's gone up. <laughs> Just a little bit, I'm sure. I was going to ask you sure. too, John. Have you looked? <laughs> I have not looked, no. Okay. Okay. No. Nope. Common theme, I, I'm a renter here, so, you know, I was listening, John, when <laughs> oh, you told me good. that. Somebody listened to me. That was great. <laughs> but the idea, too, of I, I've had a lot more people ask me lately, is now a good time to buy a home, sell my home? I, like Craig said, I mean, to see that much appreciation in a quick amount of time, have you guys been tempted to move, Craig, or no. talked about it? Nope. Not even been on the radar. Okay. Yeah, the problem for me is I don't have anywhere to go. Okay, see? See, I can't find a place to replace even half of our place. So that's the challenge. And a lot of retirees have that issue. They would like to retire, but they have nowhere to move to. Right. When you think about inflation and some of the things we'll get into later on here, but the idea of all the ingredients of a house have gone up in price. Mm-hmm. So the same house that's sitting there is more valuable. It you- is. You know, the a two by four, like a couple of months ago, was, say, worth 50 cents. Now it's worth a dollar plus. Uh, yeah. I don't know where you're getting your lumber, John, but those would be great deals. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you can tell I haven't built in a while. <laughs> but, but the effect we'll get into with the numerics because lumber has gone up. So mm-hmm. that makes my house more valuable. I have lumber. Right? Right. You have, you have it in your walls. You've got I'm, it in your floors. I'm going to do like I saw in that commercial. You find money in your home. I'm going to start stripping my house down and selling the lumber. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. Well, and then other ingredients, too. I mean, we see it synthetic rubbers plastics, copper, all these core ingredients are going up in price and labor as well. Mm -hmm. So when we add all that together, we get a perfect storm here. So John, you said it, you can't find somewhere similar that you'd want. Are you staying put then? We're going to stay a while. We keep talking about moving and 
Then I look in my closets and I say, I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> so we'll let my daughter deal with it when I'm dead. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> we'll come back. <laughs> but don't let her touch my kukris, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll manage the kukris. Okay. Uh, They're very those, sharp, Tony. Yeah, for those who don't know, those are wonderful little weapons John talks about. Um, back to it, though. I mean, the idea of this housing market. We do think there's finally a little supply on the horizon, though, which we think that's a positive, right? Yeah. I mean, if if you don't have the supply, you're just going to continue to see prices go up, up, and up. It's the oldest teachings in economics. It's supply and demand. So if the demand's there but the supply's not, you're naturally going to drive up prices. Whereas vice versa, if you've got a plethora of supply you're going to naturally drive down prices because you're not meeting the demand. Wait a minute. So you're saying that the, all of the economy and all this inflation and everything is affected by the basic economic law? I know. It's too a many, shocker. Too many dollars chasing too few goods? You got it. So if you give people lots of money not to work and they have all that extra money and are not working, what's that going to do? It's going to create a, a very terrifying storm if we don't get things straightened out and on the right path here, yep. which I think we're, we're starting to see we're working towards that. I hope so. Getting people employed again, removing some of those extra unemployment benefits. Again, I know we gave a little bit more of an extension to that, but seeing places open right now, thriving, definitely we're seeing that you know too many dollars chasing too few goods. Now we're starting to see that start to, to flip, and we're seeing a... a balance back towards equilibrium not there yet but certainly a balance back to it and like you said craig too i mean if we think about supply and demand there's only so many houses on the market we continually hear about low supply i mean in january there was about eight hundred ninety-five thousand homes in february it was 822 march 808 Mm -hmm. i mean that's a continual decline of the available supply and then finally we think some of that will come back on over the summer but if this is the time that you're looking, you're probably not going to see all the opportunities you might see in a different market. John, do you think it's worth waiting, or what? How do how do you advise someone, or you know, just talk with someone about well, that? Well, you know, we have we have a saying which is never time the market, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's true of any market. So you'd have to have real inside, solid, secure information before before you can make a play on the market, whether it's real estate. Stocks, whatever, gold, peanuts, doesn't matter. So I'm hearing if it's the time for you to buy your house and your family, you, you do it. You, you save it. appropriately. and Yep. You, okay. That I mean, sense. right now, if you think you want a house, you don't have a house, and you think you want one, and they don't listen to what I say in my book, well, then might as well do it now and get the pain started. <laughs> the pain. <laughs> and that, that pain is pretty in. in important to think about because it's filling the house yeah it's the interest oh it's more than that oh yeah ask craig he's owned a house now for a couple years (laughs) yeah and that spectacular home you own and going up in value like crazy Mm -hmm. hasn't cost you a penny since you bought it (laughs) yeah not so quick (laughs) any examples yeah i mean like you said tony new furniture i mean we went from having four rooms in our entire apartment to now having you know four bedrooms that we were you know wanting to have furnished and everything else you know, several seating areas. Uh, we did a home improvement. We had a bar installed. I mean, there were all those other things where, you know, to John's point, hey, if we were in an apartment renting, those are not capital expenditures that you have to worry about. Even getting lawn equipment, 
because we never had a lawn to care for or anything like that. <laughs> Crying tower tools. I, I've been keeping track of it, and it's thank goodness that the home's gone up in value. Because, John, I remember way back when when you told me that a house is not an investment. Right. So, especially during this midst, I figure I might as well track it myself. We are just slightly ahead right now based off of where we are in the appreciation in the house. But without this sudden surge and in increase in price, wouldn't be anywhere close. Ooh, a related question with the voting that took place the other day. Are you increasing any levies in your area, Craig? Property taxes going up with everything else going up? I'm sure there's probably something. Your taxes haven't increased at all, have they? Uh, not in the short period we've been oh, there now. Oh, short period. It Boy, may be coming he, He's a little uh, <clears throat> uninformed <laughs> short period. That's when the co a government can act very quickly. Oh, I know. When it wants money. Yeah. <laughs> Property taxes. Yeah, I'm, I'm imagining within this next year what's going to be on the ballot, everything else, knowing that Hilliard City Schools is looking to do some improvements. I imagine there will be some. But, again, we, we got into the house in 2019, obviously 2020 being what it is, and then 2021, nothing right now. But it's, it's coming. I know that. Well, oh, it sure is. <laughs> and, and especially once you are a homeowner, though, there's a lot of those other factors that may be out of your control that when inflation happens, it's going to affect that. We've just been talking housing inflation so far. Inflation affects other factors, too, we're going to get into later on. So if you have questions about how this might affect your plan and you'd like to talk one-on-one, -on -one, give us a call at our office at 614-326-3077. When we come back from the break, we'll continue on with this. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Greetings. Hello and welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy. You're listening to News Radio 610 WTVN. I'm your host in studio tonight, Tony Payne. With me are John Sestina and Craig Konstantinovich. We're going over inflation tonight, how it affects you, how it, if it's even happening. I mean, as we come back here, we've got two different articles in front of us, one day apart. One of them, the headline, Warren Buffett says Berkshire Hathaway is seeing very substantial inflation and raising prices. The next headline, one day later, Yellen sees no inflation problem after rate hike comments Royal Wall Street. So we've got two pretty different headlines within a day one from reuters one from cnbc john when you hear that what what do you start to think well my experience uh living alongside of warren buffett through the news uh he's he's usually right and remember berkshire hathaway is a real estate group so he's talking about real estate there at his uh what is it semi-monthly meeting or whatever it is talking to his people warning them that there's going to be a great deal of inflation I was talking about the houses, I assume. Yeah. Okay. So you may not be worried about that because, like, Craig, you have this house you bought two years ago and have only had to put 75% uh, more money in it than you bought it. <laughs> yeah, that's well, all. Well, Just a measly 75%, John. But, you got it. Well, and the other parts, though, of, of the Berkshire Empire include Benjamin Moore Paints, Shaw yes. Flooring, Clayton Holmes. So exactly what you're talking about, John, a lot of the – We'll say real things out there that go into homes. Yep. Yeah. And like he had pointed out as well, not only, you know, inflation for all of those things that you're looking at, but like we had talked about before, 
the actual supply chains to get some of those materials to where they need to be, you know, knowing that we have changed some of our trade agreements, that there <clears throat> is some concern about um, um, in, incoming supplies and, mm -hmm. and whatnot from other countries, knowing that those things are always delayed, they have to go through the proper protocols, be, you know, sanitized, everything else, that's naturally or slowing down what can be produced. And so when we take a look at that and factor that in as well, they can't build things as quickly, they can't create the supply as quickly, but the demand's still there. Naturally, that's going to cause people to pay what, quote unquote, whatever they can or whatever they want for certain goods. Mm, inflation. Mm -hmm. and, and this is something for those who haven't been maybe around for the last 30 years or, or longer than the last 30 years, you may not have seen much of this. I mean, John, you've seen a lot through your time. Oh, you may have I seen a lot. But... <laughs> what do you remember as inflation, you know, whether it was a distinct memory or a time period? When I say inflation, what do you think of? I think of uh, the 70s Yep. when Jimmy Carter was president, and we had inflation at the rate of like 13%, 15%, and that sort of thing. Now, it's not universal. That is, it doesn't mean everything has gone up those prices. However... As you guys have indicated, there are so many substances you have to think about. So have you noticed that chicken has gone up? You know the price of chicken's gone up? I just saw that headline today yeah, as well. Yeah, chicken went Stephen up. Stephen shared so. that with us. Yeah. I know. Well, he also shared some other things. He's at a conference. Yep. And so he's hearing all these big-name speakers, and one of them talked about estate planning, and his text to me was, it's nuts. We have to change our marquee to say, struggling to be wealthy, not managing to be wealthy. Uh -oh. That'll be a discussion for another day. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be so, be interesting. But yeah, I mean, it's very important. So if you think of the 70s, the Carter era then, I mean, that's part of why this Secretary Yellen commentary is so important, because if the Fed starts to see inflation, I think they're supposed to raise rates, right, John? Well, is that the automatic solution? Is that what does it? Or... Don't we need to leave the economy alone? You know, the more we mess with it, the worse it gets. It just seems that we as man don't seem to have the right sense about these things. And that's why the free market is so successful, because it's finding its own way to what is correct. But, you know, Yeltsin will say what she has to say. <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> well, I mean, you think about it, though. The last 10 years, it's historic lows for an interest rates. Mm -hmm. And when yeah. we compare that on the charts later on through history, I mean, the Fed's mandate is manage inflation, full employment. And if we start to see inflation tick up, in theory, they're supposed to raise. But again, John, you're in the in the perfect world. You're right. But in the world that we're in, uh, this bureaucracy, I, I think that's what's going to happen. And when we see that, that's part of why stocks seem to react, or at least that's what the article was saying, that – if interest rates go up, that's going to slow down productivity. Well, it's going to slow down the stock market because inflation does affect the stock market. Why is that? Well, they have to pay more for everything as well. They may have to pay a little more to their workers. They have to pay more for their supplies and getting everything from China. You know, they have to worry about all that. And so the that uh, contributes greatly to their costs, and we need to be concerned about that. No, exactly. We've seen some of the big drink makers recently even have to increase prices because, as we know, I mean, the companies, they just pass that along. 
if they have a margin, they're going to try to protect that margin where they can. Well, we're not going to support drinking. Okay. Well, <laughs> all right. Fair enough, John. You know, this is a health show sometimes. We want to be holistic. Oh, you're talking about health. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well, inflation, I, it's, when we compare inflation to health, I mean, it's got to be steady, right? I mean, do you even think steady inflation is a good thing, John? Well, there's there's a number that they talk about, like 2% inflation. Mm-hmm. And to be a healthy economy, you need about that much inflation. And we've witnessed that in the last, what, 10 years? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> where we've seen there has been some modest inflation. And for a while there, unemployment was at its lowest. Interest rates were flat. Uh, everything indicated that we had a great economy growing. Everyone had jobs. Uh, no matter what your ethnicity, you had a job. And so... That seems to be a good number if you see let the economy go. Okay. See, this is important. That's why we're talking about it. Some of these headlines can seem a little scary, and when we compare it relatively like we did to history, it seems pretty moderate. Oh, it surely is now, mm-hmm. and it's been constantly moderate for the last, what, 10 years, I think. Yeah, yeah, just about. Yeah, so. I mean, we, we haven't even been reporting above 2%, <clears throat> I think, in what, at least the last— five, six years, right. and I think even longer at this point. So, All right. You guys are walking me off the ledge a little bit. Well, would right. you notice the gas prices have gone down, Tony? I did. I actually did notice that. They've gone down? Well, I mean, compared to when? I thought you were comparing. About a year ago. Oh, well, no, they've gone up since a year ago. <laughs> no, no, you've got. Yep. I'm, I'm going to have to give you a drink there, Tony. Okay. Well, maybe I need one. All right. I was going to say, even in my lifetime, <clears throat> You know, the cost of gas has kind of bounced around all over the place here. When I first started driving, right around $2.30, $2.40. Then we had Hurricane Katrina. We had everything else that kind of happened. Gas prices went up. So, I mean, I know most people probably aren't glad about it, but anything sub $3 to me here in Ohio seems to be a reasonable price for gas. Well, what you're talking about, though, are those indexes that get thrown out of a lot of the inflation measures. I mean, the volatile food and energy, as they call it. So that's the idea, too, that we may see this inflation, but we're not really being reported to us because it's in those sectors that are stripped out. So this is pretty important stuff to understand. We'll talk later, too, about how it impacts your plan, what you can do about it, where you should look, what you can do to manage this stuff, because there are ways to try to manage it. And the most important part is be aware of it, be planning, and looking ahead. Craig, any other thoughts here? I know we're coming up on a break. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the big thing, like you had said here, is, you know, knowing that all of this is out there, that this could be a real thing, it's how do I prepare for it? And, you know, like we you talked about, we're going to get to that here in a little bit, but knowing that it's out there, not thinking that you can just set your money in cash and let it sit there uh, and you'll be okay, yeah, a portion of it should, but you got to think longer term. Very important stuff. When we come back, we'll dive into that and more and some of the shortages that are out there. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. Welcome back. You're listening to Managing the Wealthy, available on iTunes or wherever you find your podcast. Today we're talking about inflation and a lot of things going on here and how it can affect all the things in our lives. Think about autos here. Craig, there's been a couple shortages in the auto industry since COVID, the pandemic, a few other things. 
What, what kind of shortages have you seen or heard about here? Yeah, some of the biggest ones are the semiconductors, uh, or basically all of the bits and pieces that go into some of the uh, technological chips that are out there, everything else in the vehicles. So yeah. making sure that the touchscreens work, that you know your, your Bluetooth audio connection works, the, the chips that actually go into that, there's been a, an extreme decline um, in what's available to people. And so what they're looking at here is a lot of the older vehicles or a lot of used vehicles right now are definitely gaining a lot of momentum because they've already got the chips in them. They don't need to worry about building them and supplying them with new. So it's created a whole new market for, for used vehicles at this point. I saw a picture the other day. It was amazing. It was a Ford plant in Kentucky, and there were 22,000 vehicles all just sitting almost because they didn't have the chips to finish them. When you think about that, that's amazing. What a what an inefficiency here. I mean, they have buyers. They've got ready buyers. They can ship these things, mm -hmm. but they're not finished. It's that's wild. A, that, and that's one shortage. <laughs> We're know. not even talking about that one today. I that know. one's There's the rubber shortage. Right. That's a surprise. There's lots of rubber pieces in a car and other things. You yeah. know, it's hard to imagine. But well, you know about this when uh, when the chips are down, the tough get going. <laughs> when John, when I told you about this article and I said there's a chip shortage, you looked at me and said Doritos. Yeah. So we're talking semiconductors here right now. Well, why aren't but, they full conductors? I was going to see. All right, I'm going to stop now. John's um, hungry. John's spicy right now. You got to get some potato chips in here. Oh, stat. Doritos, Doritos. And see, we, on the rubber shortage though, I mean, we talk about it. It's real. Why? I mean, they can only grow the stuff. It seems in some places in far-flung corners of the world, and they're having issues with disease, mm -hmm. with the harvest coming in. I mean, a couple things that just, again, pure supply and demand. And when everybody wants to build or has extra money to do things with, there becomes a shortage sometimes of supply. And we're seeing that affected here in rubber prices. I mean, it is going up. And when you think about all the things that rubber touches in our lives, that's going to increase cost just everywhere. Uh, John, any thoughts on that? Oh, you're exactly right. And, you know, this is part of the, what is it, the, the line? What do we call that? The supply line. The supply line. Yeah. And there are these all these little things out there that none of us are paying any attention to, but they're occurring and they're going to put strain on the overall economy. There'll, if Just think about it. Those car dealers, they can't manufacture the cars. There may be layoffs. Yep. So that affects a lot of things over there. They can't build the cars because they don't have the rubber, but more importantly, the income of many people is affected. Right. So and this inflation is serious. Definitely. And as we go into this too, I mean, it's it's a trickle-down effect here, <clears throat> but when we have this inflation, really, I guess, going on and a lack of products available, not only does it slow down one thing, like you said, John, it's everything else, so the idea, too, of these trickle-down effects are serious. I mean, it impacts everything along the way. We thought about it with fuel a few years ago, almost a decade ago now. And now when we see all these other costs increasing, we're going to see costs go up. Yeah. I mean, another piece to the puzzle here, too, is part of this, part of the, the shortage and part of the issue that's being faced right now is because so many companies have had to adapt to these new health standards. So buying the new sanitizing materials, making sure that everything's sprayed down, that you have that safe work environment. I mean, one person was quoted as saying, 
basically the auto industry itself is pretty much a made to order business where they've got the vehicles, they've got everything available. They just need those final pieces to sell it. And that was millions of dollars that they had to dump into these new healthcare standards. Again, rightfully so, but now you're looking at it as, okay, well, that's millions of dollars that would have otherwise been sitting in the company's coffers. And now all of a sudden had to be deployed elsewhere but that could have helped mitigate some of these issues. Right. We th I mean, you think about what they teach in business school, maybe not today, but what they used to teach <laughs> in business school, but the idea is just-in-time manufacturing. Right. You know, why have inventory sitting on the floor collecting dust that you borrowed money for maybe? No, I want to be able to get it out as quick as I can, turn it around as quick as I can. That's become the standard in the world. And when we have interruptions to the supply chain, which we've had a lot of lately, all that trickle down happens. I mean, it really brings back into question, is there some value in maybe having too much inventory at times, or maybe having a little extra capacity, or even a little extra cash on the books? I mean, these are important things to think about, and when times are great, it's easy to hum and stretch things out, but when you get that interruption, whether it's your business or your employer, it's pretty serious. Well, it can be very serious internationally, too. If we have a trade war with China, that affects a lot of supply chains mm -hmm. out there that we're not even talking about, maybe not even knowledgeable about. Yeah. And so that's a pressure on the market as well. That could put companies out of business. Yeah. I mean, you think about the structural changes that can happen. I mean, if you have a few bad months, it didn't matter that the economy came back for you. You're out of business. Right. What a waste of capital sometimes. What a waste of experience. And that's what some of this stuff can do. So it's very important that when times are good, you're planning ahead, that maybe you're not living paycheck to paycheck. You know, the example of just in time almost in a personal lifestyle. Mm -hmm. No, you want to have a little extra on the books, that cash reserve we always talk about. We always talk about that, Tony. You're good at that topic. Oh, yeah. Cash reserve. And then also for those business planners, too, when it comes to, you know, tax planning, you know, those years where you do have profits, maybe you do know that you've got a large order forthcoming. If you can time when you buy some of those things, that may allow for you to not have an excess of inventory, but just enough to maybe weather the st storm for a couple bad months to start. So also think about it from a tax side of things as well as, hey, if I've got cash, if I'm going to show a large profit, maybe I front load some of my expenses or back load them into a different tax year, maybe get a little less of a tax bill uh, for being you know, proactive. Right. And to take this back, maybe a numeric example for somebody, again, think about yourself. So if we have that million dollars saved for retirement and we plan to spend 50000 annually, if inflation's 3% and we get a 3% return, well, then the million lasts us 20 years. That may feel pretty good. Again, these are simple numbers here, but if inflation, on the other hand, was 12% a year, that money runs out in 11 years just over 11 years. I mean, it almost cuts in half how long that money lasts. And again, if you're retired and you're not in the workforce anymore, you're not able to keep your salary going up maybe, mm. that is a devastating consequence of inflation. And that's pretty important to be aware of. And the retiree is concerned so much about running out of money. And so when inflation comes back, the retiree gets very nervous, rightfully so, because he sees the cost of his uh, consumer products going up and that's what's interesting because the uh, consumer product basket that the government uses to measure inflation may not be your basket. 
That's a great point, John. Especially if you're dealing with a lot of health care expenses. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a that's a much uh, much faster growing than inflation basket. Oh, yeah. And we know for those over 65, it becomes a very important important part of where you're spending your money. So we're coming up on another break here. We're keep going through this topic because we haven't touched on it in a while. We've had a lot of questions about it in a lot of different ways. We'll continue on this and some other items here in our last segment. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Greetings. Hello and welcome back to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. I'm your host in studio tonight, Tony Payne. With me are John Sestina and Craig Konstantinovich. Tonight, we're going over the fun and exciting topic of inflation. Don't laugh too hard there, John. Uh, as we come through this, we're coming around the home stretch here of our last segment. But the important part is, let's take a trip down memory lane for you, John, and for us, a trip down history lane. But the idea of where inflation has been historically is so important. So you were looking at this chart, John, and you had a couple comments. I mean, you're just loving get, making me have pain, aren't you, Tony? And my last name is Pain, John. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I know. That's a play on words. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> okay, this thing goes all the way back to what, 1900 or something yeah, like 1929. that? Yeah, 1929. Right. And as you look at the chart, I don't know who made it up, but whoever made up the chart, it's kind of confusing. Mm-hmm. Because on one hand, in one column, they're talking about what it, what the Fed rate was. And then they're no, they're, uh, see, I'm confused again. Yeah. And then they're talking about what the uh, Fed, yeah, Fed rate, what inflation was, and then they tried to list what caused it. Mm-hmm. So that's all very interesting because, for example, here I'm looking at uh, which one is this? 1981. All right, 1981. Who was the president? In 1981, that was... Were you guys born yet? I I was not, to date myself a little, John. Craig wasn't either. Well, that's not fair. I can't ask you then. (laughs) Now, I would say Carter ended, the Iran crisis ended in 79, so Reagan was president. Reagan was president, right. 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 Okay. And so what happened in their little chart? What did they say about that? Even though you weren't there. It said Reagan tax cut. Yeah, Reagan tax cut. And so that, theoretically, to them, would have made inflation go up, right? Theoretically. And what happened? Inflation went down dramatically. Dramatically the next year. it went down. And the recession ended. And the recession added, and people had jobs again, and such as that. So that was a biggie. How about we go to, uh, you know, the most hated guy, uh, Reagan, uh, Reagan uh, Trump. When was he president again? You were alive then. <laughs> I, I was alive for those years, John, mm-hmm. uh, 16 through 19, or really 20. Mm-hmm. So as we look there, Inflation looks pretty modest. Yeah, it was real, real modest then, wasn't it? About 2% maybe on average? Well, if you can read the chart, I mean, you can tell me what it means. But, yes, I'll go along with whatever you say, Tony. (laughs) That is what the chart says. It does. Okay, I'll go along with that. My eyes are a little blurry. Inflation was low, and even the uh, Treasury rates, they were hovering Almost step for step, so they probably averaged around you know one point eight percent over that time period, while inflation was still about two percent. So what's wrong with this picture? Did we say there was something? Oh, wrong? Oh yeah, what is uh, the chart is wrong? Okay. <laughs> okay. What is wrong with this picture? Well, it's not including volatile food and energy. We know that. 
we know that they're trying to ascribe what caused things that really may not have happened or not. Yeah. What else, John? Well, I thought that when you lowered taxes and such that the inflation would go up and the economy would crash and burn and so on and so forth. And what did it do, at least according to their chart? Well, at least here it continues the same. I mean, yeah. if anything, it was expansion. Yeah, there was expansion in the economy, but there was no increase in inflation. Is there a message there for someone? Anyone listening? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, John. So uh, <clears throat> we're coming upon uh, a major tax increase. And as, we, as Stephen said in his little text to me uh, this afternoon, he's at this conference listening to an estate planning attorney talk about the new estate law. I don't know if it's being proposed or is passed, but his message to me was ugly, 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 ugly. We're going to have to change our marquee to say struggling to be wealthy from managing to be wealthy. Uh-huh. So that means there's going to be a tax increase. And there's going to be another tax increase on the super wealthy, right, like you, Tony. So you have this $100 million a year income. And so you're going to have to pay a lot more taxes. So with that being done, what do raising taxes have to do with inflation? Well, we can go through that step by step. And yeah. first, again, my face turned white when you said some of that, John. But the <laughs> idea here is, I mean, we'll just say it. The market is not always up. I mean, inflation's one thing, and the factors that go on in the market matter. And when we're in a period of expansion, like we are, things feel good, or at least, at least according to inflation, we were. But then you hit what we call a peak in the economic <laughs> cycle. I mean, right. there's periods here. It is a cycle. Then you go through what we might see as a contraction. And when that happens, you could still have inflation, and that's a terrible thing, in a contraction. And when that happens, I mean, the worst thing could be deflation, uh, arguably, but inflation and hyperinflation are very bad. And especially when wages aren't keeping up or there aren't the jobs there because of some of the policies, we go into contraction mode. And that just crushes, it's again a spiral where tax collections are down, business growth is down, job growth is down. That's what we want to be sensitive of with this inflation stuff, some of the policies that are going on here. Because when these cycles happen, and they do, and they end at times, we have to be prepared, especially if we're coming up on retirement. Mm-hmm. And when you think about a retiree and inflation, John, what kind of things come to mind? Terror. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because they, they think how helpless they are. Right. They have no income, no job. And so they're sitting there with whatever money they've accumulated, usually not enough. And so now they see that all of a sudden prices are going up around them. And again, in their basket, like right now, some of the food stuff prices are going up. You said healthcare, that's correct. Other issues like that, when they have to replace the car or when they have to use an Uber and their prices go up. So there's a lot of consequence to the retired people because they don't have resources other than their portfolio and that can be really scary yeah if all you have is a portfolio and it's all stocks people tell you at least in this article one of the articles they said the stock market will suffer during this period of time so there you are you're retired you have a portfolio let's say a million bucks and now the market starts going down what do you do tony well, that's, it depends on your situation. Your favorite answer first, it depends. <laughs> and then after I get that out of the way, yes. I mean, as you would advise, I think, if it was already the right portfolio, you stay the course. But to your very point, 
if you're not in the position to go back to the workforce, earn that great salary again maybe, it's easy to get very, very scared and possibly react and maybe react at the worst time. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. we know the worst time to perhaps have bad years in the portfolio are right when you begin to retire. Right. I mean, it's that compounding effect and growth where it really helps over the long term. And if it's those first few years of retirement and you, quote, lock in a loss, it is devastating. And again, looking at the numbers, you have to earn magnitudes more to try to catch back where you were. Right. And the other thing that we, we would tell people to do if you're in that con- place that you ought to start laddering your portfolio. Mm-hmm. You know, take the cash, right, Craig? How's yeah. that go? Yeah, so you want to make sure that you have money that's outside of the market. So that way it's not subject to the ups and downs, <clears throat> something that's very secure. I mean, right now, for some people, we're talking about keeping money in a savings account for the first year of cash. So let's say you need $50,000 each year on top of Social Security and your other streams of income. Well, you want to make sure that you've got at least five years in most instances. So five years of that $50,000 that's staggered plus the inflationary numbers to go along with it. So the 50000 put on some inflation, then you need 50000 plus that for year two, so on and so forth, but have each year in some kind of secure investment that's insulated from the market, and that way you can have what you need without worrying about the ups and downs that may occur. Oh, you get us so excited here because you're talking about planning. <laughs> Right. I mean, to know what you need means you've got to write out your numbers of what am I spending? Is that What's what my do? lifestyle? Is that what we do, Tony? It is. Yeah, it is planning. That's what we have. Yeah. 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 You know it. But Managing that's, to be wealthy. We it, can say it again. We can say <laughs> it. Yeah, we, we can still say it. <laughs> we're not changing it yet, John. Okay. So we're coming up on the end here. And again, if you want to reach out to us directly, give us a call at 614-326-3077 or visit our website, managingtobewealthy.com. You've been listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTBN.